the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. You know, you hear me say this every show because it's true every show, but this one is even more super-duper extra special because uh, it's a topic that I love and I know you love as well, and that topic is called, What's Going On? (laughs) So we're going to deal with what's going on in the world today, but what has been forecast, predicted, and prophesied uh, in, in Scripture, and we're seeing them fulfilled so fast you can hardly even... You know, one day, one blink, two or three different prophetic issue, issues are front and uh, foremost. So I, I've brought a man whom I've discovered is a very eschatologically genius man. Uh, he's a, one of the most remarkable guys. I, it, he's a new friend. We've only been friends for uh, probably a few months only. But I want to introduce you to uh, Bishop Art Hodges. And this man is uh, with the United Pentecostal churches. He actually is the bishop over Southern California churches, and I, I know he's talking with people all over the United States and elsewhere about the whole idea about the United Pentecostal Church, but he calls his home church South Bay Pentecostal. Bishop, how are you doing? Well, Kaz, I'm doing wonderful on this sensational Saturday. <laughs> sensational. I like it. You're going to want to bring your notepads along with you unless you're driving in the car, and then you're going to have to have that that uh, steel brain of yours to remember these things and to check them out, not only when you get back home or wherever your destination is, but in the archives, Monday or Tuesday of this week. You're going to love it. You know, Bishop, one of the things I like to do, especially on shows that are going to be like this, which are going to be all telling, uh, but I, I like to blow the shofar because the scripture talks about blowing the, the, the trumpet in Zion and sounding an alarm. And Would you say that this is time for an alarm? Absolutely. <laughs> Triple alarm time. Triple alarm. <laughs> actually, I could tell that we were in for a good time because I actually brought my shofar to one of his church services a few That's weeks right. back, and he goes, blow that blow thing. It. And I go, whoo, not everybody would ask me to do that. But it, but he understands Scripture and the value. You know, in in New Testament, I think Paul says, uh, uh, who shall prepare for a, a battle if the, the trumpet or the blaster blasts an uncertain sound? Amen. So this has to be a sound of certainty. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, boys and girls, we are going to blow the show far, and then I'm going to set Bishop Art Hodges free. (laughs) Here we go. How about that? You are good. The 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 engineer has to he had to 
pod the things way down because he knows how the shofar blasts things. Now he has to bring me up for Kaz's soft voice. <laughs> so we are going to have a good time. Why don't you start out by telling us, I know these things, and I'm going to test you to see if you remember who you are and <laughs> what your calling is. Now, he kind of knows this, but anyway, Bishop, I hope you don't mind me teasing around a little bit. No, that's, I That's who it. I am. Thank you. Bishop Art Hodges. Thank you. So, yeah, in preparation to uh, kind of telling who I am, I started jotting down sort of the beginning of my ministry now, and I looked at the list, and I got tired just looking yeah, at the exactly. list. He was, on, he was on the 200th page, and he goes, I, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so let me see if I can run through this here real quickly. Uh, so I'm a pastor's son who was a pastor's son who never intended to be a pastor. My. And, uh, and actually the reason why is because I had such high regard for pastors and ministers and church work and the work of God and the kingdom of God. And, you know, Paul says in Ephesians 4.1 to walk worthy of the vocation to which you're called. And I realized I am not worthy. In fact, I'll be honest with you, there's not a single calling on my life that I'm worthy of. But thank God he didn't say be worthy. He said walk worthy. My mind. So I'm striving to walk worthy of all of these callings. And I literally didn't want to be a pastor because I didn't want to mess up anything God was doing. I didn't want to bring ill any ill repute on the reputation of the Lord and his kingdom. And I lived in a pastor's home, a church planner's home, by the way, from Arizona to Florida right. to California. And I knew the number one need of pastors, they never have enough money. So I thought, God, I'm going to get a good education. I'll make a lot of money. I'm going to support the pastor and the church, and they won't have to worry about money. And lo and behold, God calls me to pastoring. So yes. I did graduate from Bible College, Apostolic Bible Institute, my alma mater, St. Paul, Minnesota, where I now serve as an adjunct professor. And uh, I evangelized for a few years, uh, assistant pastor for six years, principal of a Christian academy, South Bay oh, Christian my, Academy, my, my. for six years. I've been senior pastor now for 37 years, uh, served as church growth coordinator for the United Pentecost Church International for oh, 10 years. I've been uh, district superintendent over SoCal, as you mentioned, for the last 13 years. Oh, I just was reelected to my second term as the Western Zone Executive Presbyter. That just happened uh, last month. I've served on the general board of the UPCI for 13 years, uh, wow. chaired the Creative Planning Committee 10 years, my, my, uh, my. board members at the Urshan College and Graduate School, which I just <laughs> returned from a couple of days I'm, ago. I'm going to ask you one question here. <laughs> you love the Bible. Absolutely. And you love prophecy. Absolutely. You dig into that stuff, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Well, we're going to be tapping into your prophetic heart cry because I've watched you and listened to you as you speak God's Word and you don't. You're not just. Oh, you know this happened then. Here's a scripture here. You're you you you're living it. We are. And so we we. In fact, that's a very apropos comment that I made, and I didn't even intend it. We are living it actually, literally right now. We are. We are the story today. We are the story. So, yeah. where are we in a prophetic sense? Just give. We've got about two minutes in this segment. I want you to inspire people to go. We have to listen to the entire two-hour broadcast. You want a with, teaser? <laughs> I want a teaser. You got a teaser in you? We are, in my opinion, we are right at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. We are right there. I mean, we're just, we're turning the chapter. And define Revelation that. Revelation 4.1, the rapture of the church. My. God is about to take this church out of here. We're about to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the air as the last prophecy as he ascended is that he will descend and we will meet him in the air. That's the next prophetic thing to happen in Scripture. Oh, my, my. That's how close we are. My, my, my. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I, I never, never ever asked that question before. And there's so many people that align with pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture, 
uh, amillennial people. I mean, there's just so many things going on. The bottom line is uh, watch and see. That's right. And if some of these no things, that we should have been out of here by now, and then we have to adjust. We have to adjust the you know the the rapture doctrine a little bit. But we're we're game for whatever God wants to do, right? Absolutely. We're living on God's grace and mercy. Absolutely. You know, some said I'm pan rapture. It's like. It'll all pan out in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. That is so good. Well, you know, as we dig into Scripture, which we're going to do today, God has stirred some things within you as far as the timeliness of the message. So we're going to dig into that, but we're going to talk about government things, education things. We're going to talk about um, military things. We're going to talk about... Name a topic, whatever. There's so many different topics we can talk about. And I've in, induced you to say, listen to the Holy Spirit and not to Kaz's notes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and we'll go over wherever Holy Spirit directs us We're to go. We're going to do it. Is that a fair shot? Absolutely. Well, my listening friend, you got a little taste of Bishop Art Hodges, but we're going to open the microphones after the commercial break with him. And I'm just going to say, let her rip potato chip. I don't know that that's a scripture. Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> so Bishop Art Hodges and Kaz will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friend. Bishop Art Hodges. He is the director, one of the directors over the United Pentecostal Churches. And I, I guess you would call you kind of an overseer. Would you call it in that in that category, kind of making sure uh, things are on the upright and a high level servant? <laughs> no, that's exactly. And my listening friend, that's a, a very interesting and a valid point too, as well. If you have a if you have a person who has you know all these credentials and letters behind their name, you know, and they have different things printed on their card, which you know. You've seen it before, you, you, and you go. We're, there, there has to be a modicum of modesty in that, and, and having the idea that I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a servant. That is such a remarkable uh, insight that you gave here. Well, that's the goal we're striving for. Ex- right? Exactly. You 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 want to strive to be the bottom, lifting other people up. Well, we want to hear the words at the end of our life. Well done, thou good and faithful. <laughs> and he doesn't say thou good and faithful president. Senator, oh my. pastor, <laughs> superintendent, bishop, well done, thou good and faithful servant. servant. We yeah. are all striving for that. Yes, yes, yes. And But one of the things that you've used in, in your pursuit is the uh, pursuit of excellence in Scripture and study of Scripture, prophetic Scripture and things like that. I, I love eschatology as well, so I knew this was going to be a fun ride. So let's, uh, l- let's talk a, a little bit about your heart cry for the church. Because if you look at the church right now, there are some that get it and are making the stand. You know, they overcame it by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their life unto the death. That third component is a yes. tough one. And if you have a pastor that says, you know, my life isn't that important to me, but that I preach the gospel front to back, top to bottom, inside and outside, you go, I want to, I want to embrace that person. But it's, sometimes it's a hard trek from just embracing the blood of the Lamb. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the launching pad. But then, you know, the, the declaration of God's Word is the second component. And But 
you know, I want a pastor who's sold out for Jesus. And so what, what do you think the Lord is stirring in the pastors these days, especially with, <laughs> with yes. all the challenges that we're faced on a day-to-day basis? You know, we Bishop. need pastors that are two things, Kaz. We need pastors that are shepherds yes. and they are watchmen. And the difference in a shepherd and a hireling is the hireling runs when he's threatened mm. because he says, the wage I'm receiving is not, not worth, worth my it. life, right? right? Risking my life. But the shepherd, Jesus said, gives his life for his sheep. And then Jesus exemplified that for us. So, number one, we need shepherds that will yes. lay down their life for the congregations. Yes. And number two, to be watchmen on the wall. We can't. There's no such thing as a silent shepherd. You, you've got to be the watchman. Right. You've got to shout it out. You've got to shout the warning. The Scripture's clear on this. If we see danger and we don't shout the warning, their blood is on our hands. But my, if we my, shout my. the warning, their blood's on their own Hands. We can't live people's lives, yes. but we absolutely are uh, absolutely have to be responsible to speak the word of God in exactly. truth and love. Exactly, but speak the truth, speak the word of God. You know, one of the things that the social gospel, quote unquote, d- would disallow because you're going to lose some funding and things like that is you don't want to say anything. You know, there are certain things. You, you, death, burial, resurrection. Are you kidding me? How dare I talk about that? Or uh, you know the the uh, multiple GBGL, those kind of things. You, 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 you have to minister what the Scripture says, period. And if you're not, you're, 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 you're at best the sincere milk of the Word. You're not going for the meat. No, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. In fact, uh, really the only truth today is in the pulpits because Isaiah's prophecy, truth has fallen in the streets, and that is happening today, where people are determining their own truth, making up their own truth. There's no such thing as your truth and my truth. Mm. There's only one truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the truth, and the life. The truth. There's only one truth, yes. and that's God's truth. That's God's word. We've got to declare God's word. Not our opinion, not what we want or desire. What does the word of God say? That's the role of the church today. By the way, church, you asked about the church. Jesus is the one that introduced the word church. Church does not appear in the Bible until Jesus mentions it. And it's in Matthew when he said, upon this rock, and the rock was the revelation that he is the Christ, the Messiah, Mm -hmm. the mighty God in Christ. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Today, prophetically, the safest place to be is in church. It's invincible. The gates of hell shall not prevail. And by the way, church is not to be on the defensive, it's to be on the offensive. Oh, define that. Hang on, hang on for a second. My pastor friends, Listen to the answer that this man gives. We're not to be on the defensive, but the offensive. Absolutely. What does that mean? That means we are absolutely to be plundering hell to populate heaven. <laughs> yes. There's nothing to fear. If you're on God's side, there's nothing. I remember walking out of the courthouse. You know, we had uh, 11 rulings at the federal court, the Ninth Circuit, the Supreme Court in less than a year, 2020. And the last ruling was here uh, this year, 2021, April 26. Very powerful Supreme Court win to reopen churches in America. But I remember walking out of the court after another one of these quote-unquote losses, and a reporter thrust their microphone in my face, and they said, well, how does it feel to lose another uh, case in court? And I said, you know, that's an interesting question. I'd never thought of it in those terms. It's like not a sport. It's not a game. I don't keep score. It's not winning, losing. It's standing for what's right. And I know I'm standing for what's right. I'm standing on God's word, which is immutable, doesn't change. I'm standing for what's right. If the court gets it wrong, I can't help that. Hopefully in the end they will get it right. But I'm standing for what's right. And, and I'm, I'm pleasing God in doing that. And that's how we've got to live our lives. That's how we've got to preach as pastors. Well, translate this. You, you talk, you're talking to our listening audience. I want you to narrow it down like you're talking to 
the, the pastor that's preparing for his service tomorrow, and uh, the Holy Spirit kind of gets a hold and maybe makes a few notes in there to change a few things. Talk to our, our, our pastors that may be listening, or if you're a parishioner and you know, you're one of the pers- people in administration or one of the leadership roles, uh, I want you to hear this as well. And then we're going to spend equal time with pastors and, and leadership, and we're going to spend equal time with those of us saints, the ecclesia as well. So uh, what would you say to pastors that are going, there are a few points that I want to tighten up in my little presentation for tomorrow. What would you tell them? <laughs> Number one, Jesus said true worshipers in the end times will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. We need balance. It's like yes. the wings of a, of a bird or an airplane. We need balance, spirit and truth. Number two, we need to go back to the future. Ooh, ooh. The 21st century church, which we are, needs to go back and look again at the first century church. Because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The principles of Christ that were built in the foundation, the DNA of the church, Scripture said, were built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Yes. Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, that doesn't change. You yes. don't alter the foundation. Yes. You don't alter the chief cornerstone. You build on it. So yes. you've got to go back to the original. It's time to go back and look at the book of Acts church all over again. Yes. So I look at the New Testament. Here's how I see the New Testament. The Gospels bring us to Christ. They introduce us to Jesus Christ, his birth, miraculous birth, his life, his ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. The book of Acts, the book of action, is the birth of the church, the very first original preaching of the gospel after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension is found in Acts chapter 2. And so gospels bring us to Christ. The book of Acts is the birth of the church, the first preaching of of the gospel after Jesus' ascension back to heaven takes place in Acts chapter 2. And then you've got the church in action from Acts chapter 2 through Acts chapter 28. It's the church in action. Then that's followed by the epistles, 14 written by the apostle Paul, 10 by the other apostles. These are written to believers, disciples, on how to fulfill Acts 2.40, which says, with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. That's the challenge we have as pastors right now. Okay. How do we help people save themselves exactly. from the untoward generation? But now a pastor will say, I can do that without violating my conscience or my social, social uh, protective devices. I can, I can do that, and I can uh, abstract the things that are uncomfortable to say, and I can go between the eyes about, you know, love and, and uh, the right heart cry and, and, and ministering with other people. But when it, when it comes time to making... Uh, stands against the power of the enemy deceiving us and uh, the stuff that's going on that is downright evil in our governments and education and things like that, I'm going to steer clear of those things because I want these people to come back in and I, uh, you know, to the church and I don't want to upset them so they, they go away. And so how, how do you how, talk to a pastor that's having these thoughts and they're going, you know, I could mention those things, but it's going to—I know there's a, this whole quadrant over here in my church. It's going to offend them, and if I say this, it's going to offend these guys, and I might lose their uh, revenue. Well, how do you talk, talk to these people? Speak the truth in love. Don't speak your words. Speak the Bible's words. Quote the Scripture. Who can argue with this? Now, if you're going to argue with the Scripture, then, then then your heart's not after the Lord. So, speak the Scripture. Speak the truth in love. Salvation. Our personal salvation, that is the essence of our message, obviously. But that's going to affect every arena of our life. That's going to affect our ideology. That's going to affect our political persuasions. That's going to affect everything. Uh, and, and so we've got to 
speak to eternal salvation, prepare people to meet their creator, to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Make sure you're preparing people to be a sheep, that they're not a goat. But you can't ignore the things going on around us. You know what's at the heart of all the issues challenging the church, challenging individuals today? It's it's the conflict of kingdoms. It's it's coming down again to God's kingdom versus Satan's kingdom. It started that way. It started that way before Genesis. It started that way where Satan is conflicting with God, pulls out a third of you know the heavenly angels. They now become the demons. Yes. Now we've got Lucifer has become Satan, the devil, and the demons, one-third of them. That conflict has continued until now. It's escalating now because Satan knows he has but a short time to work. So he's got an all-out assault against the church. Yes. He, he's hijacked politics. He's hijacked government. He's hijacked education. He's, hij- he's hijacking medicine now. Yeah. He's hijacking every arena of life. We as the church and pastors have to stand and speak in a loving way, but speak against that. Yeah. Speak for Christ, speak for truth, speak for the word, speak for his spirit, but speak against the spirit of this world. The spirit of Antichrist is at work already in the world today. It's preparing. In fact, I'll, I'll get on this another in another segment here. If you want to really drill deep, we can really. I, I want to go deep. Okay. Well, so we we've got that. about one minute in this segment. So give it. Give us uh, the Art Hodges tease for the next segment, <laughs> my listening friend. I love working with this man because he knows how to. He knows. How, he's he's a minister. He's done this. He he knows the clock and he knows how to manage the clock accordingly. So I use part of your one minute. So you only have thirty seven point right. three seconds. All right. So <laughs> we'll talk about the danger of the social gospel and where it's come down to challenges in court. But I'll just say this right here: if we are digging wells in Africa, which we are doing, by the way, to provide water to people that need it, but at the same time we're not using that water to baptize people in the saving, delivering name of our Lord then we're doing little more than cooling parched tongues oh on their way to a burning hell. Oh my. And that's an injustice. My, and we'll talk more about that in the, in the next segment, I, I bet you. You know, my listening friend, I want you to pay close attention because we're getting down to stuff right now. And uh, Bishop Art Hodges talked about uh, the enemies hijacking different places, like he's hijacking medicine, he's hijacking government, he's hijacking the, the, the school system. Is he hijacking the church? Are we in the face of being hijacked ourselves? I think many would say, as would I, yes, he has the church. If he can bring down the church and the family, he's uh, he's almost won the entire battle anyway. So my listening friend, uh, Bishop Art Hodges and I are going to talk more about this. We're going to dig more deeply on this topic about uh, God wanting us to speak the truth in love. But what does that mean when we come right back? You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Welcome back, my friends. I guess you know this broadcast is on fire in a good way. The Holy Spirit's uh, blasting this with fire, and and the man who is in the forefront here is Bishop Art Hodges, and uh, I have asked him to help me co-host this entire show, and this is a man who loves God's Word. He's over the United Pentecostal Churches of Southern California and his home church, South Bay Pentecostal. By the way, why don't you give a website for the United Pentecostal 
I mean, for South Bay Pentecostal, because people may not have anything going on tomorrow, and once they hear what you got, they're going to say, wow, let's hear some more. Well, there you go. South Bay Pentecostal Church is in northwest Chula Vista at the corner of 4th and D Streets, yes. right between 805 and 5, right off Highway 54, uh, South Bay Pentecostal Church. You can look it up online, sbupc.com, sbupc.com. Dot com. We'd but, be delighted. 9 a.m. is when our Sunday morning service begins. Isn't this guy, I mean, his voice is just an announcer voice as well. <laughs> I mean, he announces the gospel. He's been doing that for more than a day a day or two. <laughs> you know, we left, uh, Bishop, our, we, we left our last segment talking about digging more deeply in regards to the social gospel. And yes. while, during the break, I was kind of thumbing through some of the scriptures that kind of have opened my eyes and that somebody that may be preaching the social gospel would prefer not going to. And I, I'm going to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23. It talks about uh, woe unto the the, uh, the pastors that destroy uh, my sheep of my pasture. Of my pasture. Uh, and it talks about the the, the judgments of God. I mean, you talked about it earlier. A person has, when if you take up the pastorate or uh, a teacher role or something like that, you're not you're not only obligated to just say things as you understand them to say, but you're under you're responsible for giving the word. There's a level of accountability. And my friends that are doing social gospel related things and dare not delve into other areas. They're, 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 they have to understand that there's an accountability there that they're not considering. Why don't you talk a little bit more about social gospel and its dangers in our churches today? Absolutely. I think that you can define the danger of social gospel today uh, thusly. It comes down to good versus God. Ooh. Good versus God. And for too many people today, they think good means God. If they're doing something good, that means they're doing it for God. They have God. And uh, But actually, th- that's not the case. In fact, take the word good, G-O-O-D, and it's actually the word God with an extra O. So putting something extra in or taking well, something Well, the extra O out. is for obedience. Oh, Ooh. When you obey God, that's good. If you're doing something not in obedience to God, that's called evil. Yes. And that's the original sin. The original sin was partaking of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is prior to that, Adam and Eve completely trusted God's word. Whatever yes. God said was good was good. Whatever God said was evil was evil. Now they've internalized that. Now they are determining good versus evil. You can't do that absent God, oh, or there's right. no absolute standard for good. So good, the absolute standard is it's God with an extra O. Whatever obeys God is good. Whatever does not obey God is evil. So that's my brief interpretation of the danger of social gospel. And we're seeing that encroach into the church today. People thinking that if they do good things, then they have God, not necessarily. And it's Jesus, the pastor's responsibility to tell them, uh, differentiate between the two. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and Jesus himself talked about those at the end of time who will say, but God, we did all these wonderful things in your name. We, we, we healed the sick and we helped people and we cast out. We did all these things in your name. And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. When you read the word iniquity in the Bible, it means self-will, oh my. self-will. You're not doing it following God's will and way. You're doing it following your will and way. Even though you might be doing good, it's not going to count for righteousness on your account in eternity. My, my. Now, how many, I'm not asking for an exact number because that's not what I'm asking about. But what I'm asking about is there are a lot of pastors 
that may be doing the social gospel, and they have no clue it's the social gospel. I mean, for example, they've been raised in this. You talked about you're, you're a man who has been, had pastors and evangelists and so forth for, you know, generations. So what happens if I am in my third or fourth generation of social gospel preachers, and I don't even know it? What, it would it be likely to say that they really have not vested in, and invested in Holy Spirit and listening to Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit would say, uh-uh-uh, you need to ex- extrapolate on that a little bit more. W- where would you take this? Well, it's spirit and truth. You know, Acts, I love the book of Acts, my favorite book of the Bible, frankly, if, you can have, if you're allowed to have a favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be my favorite. And, but it's the original. It's the original church. So I keep looking. That's our model. That's our blueprint. So we keep got to look at the blueprints. And we look at the blueprints. The first time the gospel is preached is in Acts 2, after the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. And immediately after the gospel is preached, you know, the crowd finally acknowledges that Jesus is their Messiah. And they realize we've crucified him. It's a Jewish crowd initially. And they say, what, what, what do we do about this in Acts 2.37? And Peter says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. for the of sins, you shall yes, receive yes, the yes. And of then? the Holy Ghost. And then he says, <laughs> he says, and with many other words did he exhort and testify, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. After they were baptized, 3,000 are added. Then it says this. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine yes. and fellowship. You can't leave or lose the apostles' doctrine. Just because you're doing good, great things, we're bound to that doctrine. That's the anchor of our soul. We've yes. got to be doctrinally sound according to the Word of God, not according to what I think or what I want or what a denomination says or what a book's author says. What does the Word of God say? I love to use Bible terminology. People sometimes say, Would well, you believe in this or that? And I'm like, Well, that word's not in the Bible. Ask me a question about something that's in the Bible. Yes. I'm grounded in the Bible. Yes, yes. And, and we're living in a day-to-day, as you know, that words are cheap. Yep. They're changing the meaning of words. They're inventing new words. Uh, words are cheap. The word marriage today doesn't mm-hmm. mean what it meant yes. even 10 years ago. Or gay, I mean, for example. Exactly right. <laughs> we're gay. So many words have changed. We need to be bound to the Word of God. The yes. Word of God doesn't change. Yes. It doesn't change. Yes. So I would say to those pastors, get in the Word. Study the Word. Pray over the Word. Preach the word to your people. Don't preach Newsweek magazine okay. to the congregation. Preach the word of God. You can reference an article, but preach the word of God to the people. Hosea says, God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yes. He wasn't talking about going to school. He wasn't talking about college. He was talking about a knowledge of God's word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word okay. that proceeds out of the mouth okay. of God. Let me carry it the next step. Okay, right now... People that are, are against Judeo-Christian values are paying close attention to what's being spoken. You know, they're checking out what we're saying on different uh, social media and things like that, but they're checking out what's being communicated on in church environments as well. What happens if you're being uh, preaching the Word of God and you're, not, you're being biblical about this and you don't have an evil spirit about it, mm-hmm. but people in government or, uh, you know, social media or whatever th- things like that, they say, okay, because you did that, we're taking you off this social uh, platform or we're actually going to be suing you or things like that. I mean, these are real likely things. And a lot of pastors will go, I don't want the trouble with that. But the challenge is how you kind of have to be obedient to God and Scripture. How do you deal with that when you're in your mind, you're going, I don't want a lawsuit or I don't want to be taken off social media? We've got about two minutes here. We can deal with it elsewhere as well, but give, give some thought on that. We shouldn't be seeking trouble, certainly. We shouldn't be trying to 
you know, invite lawsuits and trouble, certainly. But listen, if we're going to be a true man of God, we've got to preach the Word of God. And going back to my model of the book of Acts, our blueprint, they were imprisoned. Exactly. In fact, they came away rejoicing that they were found worthy to suffer for Christ's sake. I mean, please, Acts <laughs> the five. church is a long way from that. Acts 5, days, we would sadly. rather obey God than man. <laughs> now, we prefer to obey both. Yes. And, and that's the dilemma here in America. We've never faced this before our generation today, the 21st century. And that is for the first time. We have governors, we have laws, we have presidents who are forcing Christians for the first time in the history of America to choose between obeying God or government. We've never had to make that choice before. In fact, our nation was founded so we would not have to make that choice, that by obeying God, we were obeying yes, government. Yes, yes, And that's why God's law superseded man's law. We've got these unalienable rights in the Constitution. That's where they come from, from yes. an understanding of God, our Creator, and His law. But now we've got governors who are becoming Pharaohs and Herods and making yes, their yes, own yes. laws and forcing people between obeying God or, or obeying government. And so I want to pay this off in the next segment because I, I also want to talk about education because the same kind of thing is yes. happening there. But uh, can we? I want to finish this topic in the next segment, and I want to also talk about education because the same uh, insidious things are going on there. Are you Absolutely. willing to do that? Absolutely. Bishop? Absolutely. With Bishop Art Hodges, uh, South Bay Pentecostal Church, United Pentecostal Church, uh, throughout Southern California. This man knows stuff, and I, I wanted him to allow you to glean from some of the stuff. He could show you his scars. He has a few uh, <laughs> scars from learning, scars. <laughs> but, but he, he would love to bear those scars to help you uh, circumvent some of the tough stuff and learn from God uh, from his experience. We're going to talk more about that when Bishop Art Hodges and Kaz come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, welcome back, my friends, to the last portion of the first hour. We have an entire other hour to come, but we've just got into the, you know, you, you see these fire hydrants as you drive down the street. Well, somebody has unscrewed this, the cap of one of these things and it's going, and uh, we're dealing with that because sometimes God, you know, he, he, he's, a, he's a mighty river. And sometimes he's an unquenchable fire. But this particular instance, in my analogy, there's this uh, sprocket that's been opened up on the, on the fire hydrant, and it's spouting, and we want to deal with it properly. I, I have with me as my co-host uh, Bishop Art Hodges, United uh, Pentecostal Churches. He oversees these things in Southern California, but also South Bay Pentecostal in Chu, La Vista, where I used to live, by the way, graduated from high school at Hilltop High School. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I didn't know that. <laughs> So we, we, we kind of set the stage for this, and I want to get into, finish this topic about accountability by pastors, but I also want to talk a little bit about education, and this may go into other segments as well, because Holy Spirit is actually in control. You may, in, in, in our conversation during the break, you were talking about the high level of accountability, because I was anal- analogizing with you what happens if a person doesn't even know that they're doing a social gospel, but it, it gets down to them have if they say something that they know is right, but it's going to offend this group of people, and they may leave, and their re- revenue is going to really uh, leave as well, or over there as well. It, it, it's better for me to still be godly, unquote, quote, unquote, but not go there. What do you have to say for this? Because now, if there ever was a time that we're going to be held accountable for this before the Lord, this is the time. Absolutely. Bishop. The Bible speaks about the difference between shepherds and hirelings. 
and the shepherd lays down his life for the flock. The hireling is there for what he can yeah. earn yeah. or what he can receive, his own personal benefit from the flock. And during these trying times, we're seeing we're seeing that w- with with greater clarity. I would say to pastors, if you're called by God, you've got a responsibility, number one, to God. These people are not your people. They are God's people. They are not my sheep. They are God's sheep. I'm not the shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. I'm there in his stead. And so I've got a responsibility, number one, to him, not to them. And one day I've got to give an account for them and for my preaching and teaching and leading them. So you've got to teach and lead and preach in spirit and in truth, the truth of God's word. Truth is essential. It yeah. is essential. And, and and have the courage to do that. We, we, we asked the question earlier, you asked the question earlier, you know, what about consequences and what have you? We're not, in, we're not looking for consequences, but listen, we're in the last days. Mm-hmm. There's going to be consequences. Yeah. Jesus said, you're going to be hated for my namesake. You're going to be hated because I'm hated. The spirit of Antichrist is dominant in the world today. Yeah, and, and this, let me just say, in, in America, today. it wasn't so... A, a couple of years ago, it was it was beneath the surface. No beneath the surface anymore. It's right between our eyes. Absolutely. It's all on warfare. We are in spiritual warfare. Yes. We've got to equip the saints. We've got to feed them with knowledge and understand we've got to speak the truth in love. But we've got to speak the truth. You can't just speak love. You've got to speak the, the truth, truth in love. In love. Yeah. That's right. And so I, I would just challenge every pastor, dig into the word, preach the word, honor God. He's your boss, not the people. Well, but some, sometimes people will say, you know, a pastor will say, you know, I, I believe in these scriptures, but I just choose not to minister that right now. I'll minister this other stuff now. Uh, so well, maybe the truth of the matter is, uh, Bishop Art, and that is and you have to listen and obey the Holy Spirit's Absolutely. directive. And if you're, if you know, God will speak. I, I, I can tell you just from my personal experience, God speaks to me through bumper stickers, through a commercial here or there, or my spouse? Can you believe that? Yes, your spouse, my friend, or the person in the grocery store, or just or a dear friend or a dear enemy. Uh, but God can get truths to you, and then He's going to give you two or two, you know, two or more witnesses in this, and that's the Holy Spirit's doing. And you best obey when Holy Spirit's been stirring you up. Wouldn't you say? Amen. And Jesus said, "It's the truth that will make you free. Truth will set people free. Yes, truth yes, should yes. not be threatening. Yes, truth should be embraced, loved, sought after." Uh, treasured, cherished. Truth truth is a wonderful thing. Yes. Preach the truth of God's Word. It will liberate people. It will set them free. Okay. When you go to the doctor, you don't want the doctor just to tell you something. Oh, you're fine, you're fine, just because he wants you to feel good. No, you want him to tell you the truth, yeah. even if it hurts, but you know it's for your good and your benefit. You can do something about it. Yes. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about the gospel. That's a great it's analogy. convicting, not condemning. Yes, yes, yes. Would you, uh, would you make a declaration over pastors right now that are they're saying ah, there's some truth to this. Just a, a brief declaration, because I want to spend the rest of the time talking about the school system and how it has gone awry and how uh, godly believers can uh, change things around. So a word to our pastor or administrators, uh, a, a prophetic word or uh, however. Pastors, I want you to have courage in these end times, in these last days. If ever America, if ever our world needed men of God, to stand up and proclaim truth, be light in darkness, it's today. To be salt in the world, it's today. And while you are maybe fearing how it might be received, believe me, there is a large segment of people that yes. want to hear the truth, and they want to hear their pastor They might even be in your congregation. And proclaim the <laughs> truth, absolutely. And even people who are living those lifestyles that the Bible would convict us of, 
they honestly want to hear it as well. You, you, you would be amazed. They, they really do. They want to hear pastors tell them the truth, even if they don't like it or they don't want to embrace it. If they, they want to hear truth. Oh, absolutely. Preach the truth. Preach it in yes, love. Yes, yes. Now let's ex- extrapolate a little bit there because you're talking about the enemy causing a person to pull back a bit. And this is really happening in the school system. You know, I, I bet there's a lot of Christians, uh, teachers in the school system, but they've got the same uh, pressure that these these, uh, these pastors that are doing a social gospel, they're, they're kind of being asked to do a social teaching. And there are other people that are in uh, leadership that are saying, yeah, because we want to do all these different, what, what's the, 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 there's a phraseology of three letters that you ta- talk about, uh, uh, help me with those three letters in with teaching in school in school environments. Um, about critical race theory. Thank you. C R T C R T. Okay, so yeah. uh, let's deal with that. Let's let's talk to sure. uh, let's talk to first of all enc- encourage mother lions that are that are standing for their kids, but also yes. uh, teachers that may, may be having those challenges, or maybe even administrators. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to say first of all, hats off to all in this audience who are teachers, especially <laughs> today. If you're teaching in government schools, hats off to you. I've got a number of them in the in the church that I pastor in South Bay Pentecostal, and I call them the Navy SEALs. That's what I call them. I say, <laughs> every time you go to your campus, you're like the Navy SEALs for, for heaven, for the Lord. And, and so we pray for you. Uh, but the Bible is very clear in Proverbs 22, 6. We are to train up a child in the way they should go. So when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And that verse is written primarily to parents. We need to understand, first of all, that children do not belong to the state. Say that again. That's so good. Children do not belong to the state. They are the heritage of the Lord. And God gives the parent the primary responsibility to train that child in the nurture, in the ways of the Lord. And so uh, I pray for our, our, our teachers who are in the government schools. God will give you wisdom. God will help you to help students who are who are wanting to do right, and God will help you navigate those waters. Uh, they're real, you are under pressure, and we yes. understand that. We, we appreciate that. But uh, we are in great challenges today. I mean, Harvard University started as a Bible seminary established by the Puritans in order to educate the clergy. But this year, 2021, in August this year, for the first time in history, Harvard University elected an atheist to be the president of their chaplaincy. They elected an atheist wow. from a university that started out as a Bible college seminary. So that shows you how far we have drifted from yes. truth and our moral foundations. Well, but not only that, but if you look into many administrations in the public school, uh, we'll talk a little bit about public school exit this segment and the next, but in the in the public school environment, you know, where it's almost, they're trying to make it uh, seem illegal or irreverent or improper for a a, a parent to come at a board meeting and say anything to make their stand. You know, I mean, that's ridiculous. Calling parents domestic terrorists. Please. It's just, it's it's sad. In fact, there's a major lawsuit that was filed actually by our our attorneys that carried our court case here recently. And, uh, and that's regarding San Diego uh, school district, San Diego County school district. And they filed this on behalf of an anonymous high school student regarding the, uh, her, her religious exemption against the you know COVID mandated vaccines, and uh, so pray towards that. But yeah, there's so much pressure in our schools today. So much pressure on the students. So much pressure on the teachers. So much pressure on the on the parents. We need to pray for them. There is an effort called Public School Exit 
Com. If you're concerned about your children being in the government school and you feel like you don't have choices, go to publicschoolexit.com. There are choices available Ooh, to you. We're going to talk some more about the education because most everybody that's listening to the show either has a, a child or a parent or uh, a neighbor or a dear friend that's in the school system one way or another, yes. and they're asking these questions. We're going to talk more about that because there are solutions not only on the horizon but that have been embedded in God's strategies, even in the current school systems and beyond. We're going to talk more about that when uh, Bishop Art Hodges and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, my friends, welcome to the second hour. Can you believe that? My co-host for this hour as well, Bishop Art Hodges over the United Pentecostal Churches, Southern California, and also his home church, South Bay Pentecostal. I've been there. I'll tell you what, if you want to be lackadaisical, don't go there. If you, but if you want to be engaged, and it may even actually force you to kind of clap your hands. I, I saw people actually moving their feet. I actually, his church, I tell you what, these people are F-R-E-E free, and you got to love it. If that intimidates you, you probably don't want to go, but if you want to get a sense of what people that are sold out for the Lord looks like, come on. What's the address there, by the way, Bishop? 395 D Street, corner of 4th and D, Chula Vista. Chula Vista. <laughs> you know, I love getting into these topics because this man goes, what are we going to talk about now? Let's go for it. And so I, I love it. And we, we kind of left uh, talking about education system, and we talked a little bit about how, you know, the education system is in dire straits right now. Uh, we talk about the churches are challenged, but boy, oh, boy, the education system is challenged as well. There are some solutions not only in the horizon, but they're being experienced, and you've had lawsuits and things like that tied to it, but you also have been involved with a lady whom we both love, her name is Dran Reese, and she is the founder of Salt and Light Council and also Public School Exit. Where you, that's, I think, how I met you the yes. first time. Yes, yeah, I sit as a pastoral advisory, advisor on the uh, Public School Exit uh, board. Yes, yes. and, and it, my my friend, if you're wondering what's going on there, you know, you, people say do your homework. Well, one of the easiest ways to do your homework is to visit a place called Salt and Light Council. C O U N C I L. Isn't it? Is it dot com or dot org? I believe it's .com, and also Public School Exit has their own site as well, publicschoolexit.com. So dig in. All you need to do is one or two little little, uh, posts, little entries in your computer, and, you know, any question that you want, I'll tell you what, these guys have thought them through. In particular, I'm talking about the school system or uh, another alternative uh, of exiting the public school system. Talk a bit about that in this segment. I know there are a lot of people that are either – have their kids in school or they're in a school environment or they know people like that or they know administrators or people that are on the school board. And the frustration is that these things are still going forward, these negative things are still going forward, and it doesn't sound like we have a voice. Oh, yeah, but. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Thank you, parents, for speaking up. You've got to speak up. And this would be a good time for me to encourage people to run for a position on their school board. (laughs) It's time to get righteous leaders back in America. I'm I'm moving in several circles and political elements and what have you, and I'm saying, listen, uh, you don't always win by just shooting at the top. You can start at the grassroots level. Let's win our nation back at the grassroots level. Win at your 
town, your city level. Yes. Run for library commission, run for school board, run oh for city council, what have you. Let's change things at our home turf, at the grassroots yes. level. That's where change really needs to take place, yes. and it can move you know, to the top. We also, on, on the East Coast, for example, I mean, there was a man who only spent, what, $100? T- tell us $153, truck driver <laughs> unseated the, the uh, president of the, of the Senate, long-term uh, standing senator in, in, in New Jersey. In New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. And, and this man, he just had the inclination that it was the right thing to do, so he did it. And so, but a lot of these people are going uncontested when there's, a, when there's an opening on the, a board of directors or something like that, and they wield a lot of power. We need to get righteous people back in Come leadership. On. The Bible's clear on that. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. There's peace and prosperity. But when the wicked rule, there's much sorrow in the land. We, we don't need wicked rulers in America. Let's yeah. change them. You know, here's my prayer. I've prayed this for a governor the last two years. We've been kind of in adversarial positions in the courts for the last couple of years. But here's my prayer. I say, God, change them within or change them out. Either way. Ooh. If he would change them within, that's my number one prayer. Yeah, let, let, let the Saul become the Apostle Paul, you know, yes. the one threatening the church. Let him become the champion of the church. That would be the awesome, ultimate, wonderful scenario. But yes. if that's not to be, then change him out of office and put somebody else in there who will rule with righteousness. Yes. We've got alternatives. We've got Christian schools, our own church for more than uh, 40 years has had South Bay Christian Academy, a K through 12 school that's available. Uh, there's many, many opportunities. And, and for those interested in further Bible uh, training and Bible college, maybe you're past the age of going to a Bible college or seminary, but you want that type of training. I'm also the chancellor, another one of the hats I wear, over Christian Service Training Institute, a 48-year-old institution started in San Diego. Now it's actually worldwide. My, my. But uh, Christian Service Training Institute, you can go to mycsti.com, mycsti.com, four-year scope and sequence, Bible college training. But uh, education is critical. Oh, my. You know, as I, I, I know, the, I have a sense, I, I, I kind of get a sense of people and their compassion a lot of these people that are on these boards that are doing evil things, they're just doing it because they think that that's the appropriate thing to do, and it would be inappropriate to violate a mandate or somebody who's a superior of yours standing against them. It's kind of go, especially we Christians, it's, it's kind of against our value system to stand in, you know, stand against things. Opposition. Rather, it's pr- more preferable to stand with and for things, and mm-hmm. sometimes that can cost you. Uh, compromise. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's probably a lot of people on these boards that uh, could be influenced properly, like there are a bunch of teachers as well. Now there's teachers that are making their stand in a lot of things, including uh, vaccination and things like that as well, but they're making their stand and saying, this is violating my Judeo-Christian values and the Constitution. Enough is enough is enough is enough. I'm making my stand. Right, right. R- really, as you know, the, the entire foundation of our nation is at issue right now. Yes. It's the shaking of the foundation. Our founding fathers never foresaw really, that we would be facing the day that we're facing today. And uh, so we, we've, got to, we've got to have, here's what I see. We've got to wake up. We've got to pray up. Mm. We've got to stand up. Mm. I'm sorry, listen up, stand up, speak up, and we've got to axe up. <laughs> axe as in a- a- as in A-X of or A-C-T-S. As in Book of Acts. <laughs> Go back and follow the model of the empowered, Holy Ghost-empowered, filled, bold witnesses yes, yes. of the first century church. we got to be bold again. That's right. But the other thing is, when you talked about that, is God wants to put the axe to the root, A-X. He does. He does. A-X-E as well. So God, if we uh, axe, A-C-T, 
S up evil, A X the roots of evil. There you go. We cannot afford the silence of the lambs. We'll be slaughtered (laughs) if there's a silence of the lamb. Oh, please. It's time for the lamb to speak up. The lamb became a lion. Oh, yes. The lamb became the lion of Judah. The lamb was silent. He spoke not a word. He went to the cross. He paid his price. He did what he was called to do. But then he became the lion of Judah, and the lion roars. Yes. It's time for the church to roar. Yeah. Don't don't you think, you know, we could get get away with these things. Let's say the church age time frame. Let's say, just for the fun of it, let's say pre-COVID, we were in a time frame where there was a lot of freedom to go in one way or another. But because of the times, you know, and, and being a lamb and a sheep is okay, and, and you know, in, my, in God's flock. But there's a point where that lamb has to take on the characteristics of the lion because the lion of the tribe of, the, of Judah is the one that is going to be uh, executing justice and judgment in the earth. And a, a sheep doesn't do that. A right. lion does. So my listening friend, you go, I'm more comfortable being a sheep than I am a lion. Well, look at the times. The time now is not being called to be, to be, to be a sheep, but to be a, a roaring godly lion or lioness. Amen. 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 This is the time for the church to be bold. Well, I agree with you, and we're going to talk about boldness and what that looks like in a bunch of different uh, environments. We talk a little bit about um, education. We're going to talk also about voting and voting issues as well when we come back. Uh, Also, we're going to talk about uh, things that are right on the happening now in the prophetic scheme of things, and Mr. Eschatological here with me, he's going to share some of those things as well. We've been looking forward to these things, as so should you, when Bishop Art Hodges and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. I couldn't be more delighted in how this pro- program, this broadcast is going. Part of it has to do, uh, the biggest part of it has to do with what Holy Spirit is doing, but the other piece of the equation is the person who is co-hosting with me for these two hours, Bishop Art Hodges, United Pentecostal Church's overseer, kind of helps them stay on the right track or tracks, and also uh, he's home church at South Bay Pentecostal. So, Bishop, we've been having fun plowing plowing the ground. <laughs> and I know you, you talked about the last few segments of this show uh, ending at the top of the hour. Uh, There's going to be some great topics, and one of them has to do with voting uh, or not voting. I, this is a, a key element in your heart cry as well. You know, get out there and vote. You go, oh, yeah, but I'm just one vote. Are you kidding me? When If you, ha- if you looked at the Biden-Trump election, uh, even though my personal opinion, it was robbed, mm-hmm. but but I mean, the difference in the vote was only if in one in one precinct it may have been five votes or ten votes. I mean, it, it was so small. Right. And even though they, I think they stole it. Uh, even so, by making our stand, those things are circumvented. Uh, I think probably uh, as in Virginia it illustrates that very well. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about these things, Bishop. Yeah, Kaz, this is an important topic. So America is unique. We are unique because we are one nation founded under God. That makes us unique, number one. Number two, we are ruled by we the people. So you put that combination together, and it means the people of God not only have the right to vote, we have the responsibility to vote. 
if we're one nation under God, ruled by we the people, the people of God, the people of faith, have the responsibility to vote, to direct this nation. Now, you can boil everyone's political ideology can be traced to one of two roots. There are two groups of people. Number one, there are the people who believe God created man. Number two, there are the people who believe man created God. Every ideology, every worldview, every political view stem from one of these two beliefs, either that God created man or man created God. Now, let me show you how this ends up. Oh, that's so interesting. Let me show you how this ends up. In the book of Acts, again, my my, my favorite book here, the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. Look what it says. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren, talking about the apostles, they couldn't find them, drew them under the rulers of the city, saying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. They, They thought, the rulers thought, the apostles were turning the world upside down. That was their perspective. The next verse, when Jason had received... These all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, one Jesus. Mm. So they thought the apostles were turning the world upside down. No, the apostles were turning the world right side up. That's exactly what we are called to do as a church and people of faith today in the 21st century. We are called to turn the world right side up. Everything is upside down because they're making Caesar God. They're making government God, when indeed our nation was founded to be one nation under, under God, yes. not the other way around. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Wow, wow, wow. So we've got kingdoms in conflict. We've got to be engaged in this political arena. We've got to be engaged in human government. We've got to vote. And we here, here's the second thing. Here, I've been preaching this all over the country. The second thing is this. God always, in the Old and the New Testament, he wanted a nation, his people, to be a nation on earth, a kingdom on earth of priests, and kings. Yes, yes, yes. Priests are ministers, preachers, pastors. Kings are leaders, Ooh. governors, mayors, presidents. It's kind of law and the prophets. That's exactly right. And every individual that's a child of God, you're called to be one or the other. Now, yes. I know what I'm called to be. I'm not, I'm not called to be the mayor. I'm not called to be the governor. It's my attorneys wanting me to run for governor. I'm not doing that. I know my <laughs> calling. I'm a preacher, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, it, but if you're not called to be a preacher, then you're called to be a politician. You're called to be a leader at your job, at your school, uh, in your community, get righteousness in leadership as yes. priests and as kings. That will bring America back to God. Yes, and let me, can I add an addendum to this? Uh, you may not be called to actually be the governor or the head of something, but you may be called to be a Jonathan to David. Absolutely. You may be called to be Elisha for Elijah. Absolutely. Or, or uh, Joshua to Moses. So you may be the number two person or the number three, Absolutely. whatever. You're still well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. You may not be called to be in the forefront, but that's okay. Uh, you know, Amen. be alongside of other people as well. But but the the issue there is being activated. Do it. Do it. Get involved. Get off the sidelines. <laughs> Get on the battlefield. We've got to have everybody on the battle. We can't have spectators. Yes. We have to have only participants. Now, I want to encourage everyone to go to biblicalvoter.com. Biblicalvoter.com has everything, every resource you would need to learn how to be a biblical Voter. So I'm not here promoting a Democrat party. I'm not here promoting a Republican party or any other party for that matter. If you want to get involved in parties, do that. But what I'm promoting, in fact, people have asked me, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? I said, no, I'm a Christocratican. <laughs> I'm a biblical voter. A Christocratican. I, 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 I'm a biblical voter. Here are the five moral pillars 
non-negotiable pillars of a biblical voter. Number one, life is sacred. Marriage, number two, is sacred. Sexuality is sacred. God made us either male or female. female. Number three, religious liberty is sacred. And number four, Israel. Israel. By Israel, you mean embracing Israel, the the God of Abraham. Supporting Israel. Supporting Israel. the, The everlasting covenant God made with Israel. An everlasting covenant means God will keep his part even if Israel doesn't yes, yes, and Israel yes. hasn't. Mm-hmm. God still keeps his part. And the covenant was whoever blesses Israel will be blessed. Yes. Whoever curses Israel will be cursed. There are only two things, and we get into the prophecy portion we're about to segue into. <laughs> we'll excited dive into this. That, I'm excited about this. <laughs> we'll dive into it. But there are two things that will save America in these end times, potentially. Number one, if America turns back to God, and of course, that would be our, our premium optimum choice. But number two... If America remains a friend to Israel, both of those are being challenged today. They are being both are being challenged challenged. because the enemy knows, Satan knows that, and and so I think that America's destination or or destiny rather is in her own hands. It's in her own hands. She determines her destiny. These times are crucial right now. But you cannot ignore, my friend. If you think, let's say you agree with that, that our destiny in America is in our own hands, but you disregard or you irreverence Israel. Saying, "Oh, those were for then; it's not that will now. doom you. That will doom you. Absolutely, I mean, you re- have to understand. Get back into the scripture. You can get back into the book of Romans and have a lot of fun there in de- de- determining how God really loves Israel. You can get into the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, other ver- scriptures as well throughout the New Testament as well. But uh, dig into the Old Testament, understand how viable and important it is. Jesus was not a Gentile; Jesus was a Jew. That's right. Please, that's right." We've got three or four minutes left. How how do you want to take this? The gospel came first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. So go to biblicalvoter.com. It's got all the the wonderful uh, resources. We've got a biblical voter booklet that's available there. Uh, I was blessed to write two of the articles in this booklet. And then also I want to mention to our pastors out there that something just started this last July. It's called Pastor Town Hall. And the first Thursday of every month, there is a special Zoom conference, a one-hour Zoom conference. starts at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Every first Thursday of the month, pastortownhall.town. Is this under the mantle of Salt and Light Council It as is. Well? So Salt and Light Council is, is, is umbrellaing this, and uh, we bring on incredible guests. By the way, the next one is December 2nd, Thursday, December 2nd. It's going to be one of the most astonishing uh, pastor town halls yet. We've got a very special guest. Dr. Artis, A-R-D-I-S. Every pastor needs to log on, pastortownhall.town, register, free free Zoom link will be sent to you, and uh, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this segment. Literally, literally, you will be equipped to save some people's lives from your congregation if they go into the hospital with COVID. Oh Dr. Yes. Artis is going to tell you Ooh. how to do that. And I personally have used his uh, research and his information and and we've got one right now, literally a life being saved due to prayer and due to using these resources. Right here in San Diego, I've got a current situation right now where life is being saved. The hospital wrote them off, said we're calling in hospice, yeah. but uh, we brought them this information that yes. Dr. Artis will uh-huh. share, and, and things completely have turned around. Exactly, and quickly, it, it's, and it's not like it takes four or five years. for They turn around that's quickly. Right. That's right, when, within when, days. When, when Donald Trump contracted COVID, he had, he had his own perspective he goes uh you know he, he mentioned a couple different uh different 
solutions, treatments to that. And because they were not tied to big pharma profits, That's right. it was, it, they were demeaned. And so your doctor is giving the truth behind absolutely. the quasi-truths. Well, well absolutely. And, and, and the information he will share is literally right from the government site. You can I look know. it up yourself. I know. So it's not something he made up or They presume or you're not going to dig that deeply. Shed. That's exactly right. <laughs> it, it's right there on the government site. And, and we've used this to help save lives. Oh, my, my. Bishop Art Hodges, can't you tell that this guy is uh, infectious in a good way? You know, you talk about the bad guy infections. Yet It's nice to be around people that are infectious in a good way because they rub off on you. And you, a person may, if they know uh, Bishop Art Hodges and they're hanging around with you, and they're, they're going to say, you're kind of talking like Art Hodges does. <laughs> yeah, I, I was with him for this two hours on the radio show. My wife's probably going to say, what's gotten into you? I'm saying the spirit of Holy Spirit that was imbibing and empowering Art Hodges as well. So we're going to be going to a commercial break right here, but I know you're an eschatological guy. You love end times. You love digging into that. Amen. And my listening friend, many of you may as well, but if you haven't noticed, the things that are written in the book are coming to pass quickly, quickly, one on top of the other. We're going to talk about that. And you need to be aware of these things lest you be caught unaware. And we're going to be talking more about that. Bishop Art Hodges and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. If you've been having some fun on this broadcast since we began in the 5 o'clock hour Pacific time, you ain't seen nothing yet, my friend. This is These last two segments are going to be over the top because we're going to dig into the who, why, what, where, when, and how of prophetic word as it relates to not a few decades down the road, not only in decades past, but N-O-W now. Things are happening at such an accelerated rate. Uh, I'm with Bishop Art Hodges. Bishop, there's a scripture that I, I really love in uh, Acts. You, you say you like Acts. I do too. <laughs> Acts 3.21, uh, that the heavens must hold Jesus back until the time of restitution or restoration of everything written in the Holy Scriptures since, since the beginning of, of time. I mean, it, it, it's a remarkable Scripture, and you have to say a lot of people, as they're Bible eschatologists such as you or Bible end times teachers, you go, okay, well, that uh, there's a, quite a few things that have to happen when, in the dank, dark, distant future, so uh, I'm going to put these in, in abstract terms when I teach them. <clears throat> we're going to have to change our way of thinking because those things we thought were uh, gener- generations away or decades away are actually in the NOW. Now I'm going to hand the baton to you and let you launch out because I know this is you've been looking forward to communicating about this. And the world has changed, isn't that right? Absolutely. There has never been a day like this day. We are literally living in the fulfillment of written scripture of the New Testament, where it talks about in the last days, come on. perilous times shall come. Whatever can be shaken will be shaken. The very foundations of the number one Christian nation on planet Earth, America, is being shaken like it's never been shaken before. Think about this. What has happened even in the last two years? What has happened? 
2020. <laughs> Interesting that you should pick these two years. I mean, I think a few things have happened. The two years we're living in right now. Think of that. The year 2020. <laughs> that What does that represent? You think of vision. You think of perfection. 2020. Yeah, 20, Everybody yeah. looked forward to that, but nobody foresaw. Nobody foresaw really what 2020 would pretend. So look what happened. January 2020, the world headlines, Australia on fire. February, world headlines, 2020, Africa under a deluge of locusts, historic proportions. March 2020, China virus becomes world pandemic. Look at those three things. They parallel perfectly 2 Chronicles 7.13, where God said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, Africa on fire. God said, if I send locusts to devour the crops, Africa, under a historic deluge of locusts, or if I send a pestilence among the people, China virus becomes oh world pandemic. Perfect parallel in sequence, the yeah. exact sequence to Second Chronicles 7.13. That's how 2020 began, followed by March 15, 15 days to slow the spread. Followed yes. by March 19, Governor Newsom, the first governor in America, to shut California, to shut his state down, yes. close the doors of churches effectively, followed by having to go to court to reopen church doors. So what's the answer? What's the solution? The next verse, Second Chronicles 7, 14, is the answer and the solution. Yes. God said, if my people, oh, there you go. which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, if you'll do these four things, I'll do these three things. I will hear from heaven I will forgive your sin. I will heal your land. We had the formula. We had the answer. But what happened? Did America do that? No. America elects or at least places in office another president. Yes. And what does this president do? What does this president do? 2020, what is one of the first things he does? One of the first things he does is for the first time in the history of America, he puts a homosexual who's in a quote-unquote marriage with another homosexual on the presidential cabinet has never happened in history. What's one of the second things that he does? Well, he puts a man pretending to be a woman, a man dressing like a woman, a man trying to act like a woman over the department of health of all things in America. I (laughs) mean, how ironic is that? And, and it just, it doubles down and it doubles down and it doubles down. Let me, let me ask you a question. One of the things you're talking about America, I mean, we're talking about uh, North American church, the the Gentile churches. You can do that same parallel, the things that are coming to pass uh, from a prophetic standpoint in Israel as well. The Abrahamic Accord, for example, Uh, there has been a discovery of uh, a, uh, the red heifer in, in, in Texas that is going to be transported there's actually 10 of them that are credible going to be shipped back to Israel for that component. Uh, I will build again the tabernacle of David. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we spiritualize that, but there's literally in the city of David, the tabernacle of David is that that whole time frame of King David is being restored even right now. So mm-hmm. what you're talking about prophecy in, in the Gentile world, my goodness, the Jews are experiencing prophecy fulfilled as well, and yes. so much so that we're going to begin to see how they are, have common denominators, and all of a sudden it's going to be God doing the one new man, Jew and Gentile, as in the book of Romans and beyond. So, yes. I mean, it's a big, big, big deal. The Lord is setting the stage for the very last of these last days. <laughs> we're living in it right now. We're living it out. Sure. And so you see from 2020, you see to 2021, 
America doesn't repent. America doubles down. We've never seen opposition to the church so blatant as it is today, opposition to truth so blatant as it is today, opposition to biblical morals and values as blatant as it is today. And and then following on the heels of that, we've got Afghanistan. Afghanistan is an object lesson to the entire world of what's going to happen in the end times spiritually. Yes, and and I'll tell you what, the Jews are, I mean, the people that are seriously Jews, I mean, they're not just passive, you know, quasi Saturday, yes. we talk about Sunday saints. We're, they're, 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 they would be the the, the Saturday Shabbat saints that are mm-hmm. basically just embrace it that way. But the serious Jews that embrace the the Torah uh, and the Pentateuch and so forth, they see these things as well. These are you know these are not only New Testament scriptures. <laughs> right. These other these uh, Orthodox Jews are embracing these as well. It's right. the time. Yes, so think about Afghanistan. Yeah, Afghanistan is one of those things they're seeing as well. 20 years, America held the enemy at bay in Afghanistan. In fact, if you can go to the Military Times, you can look up the stats here. And after 9-1-1, it took only three months and 2,500, 2,500 American troops, which is individual soldiers, by the way, yeah. 2,500 people to secure Afghanistan. Now, they didn't annihilate al-Qaeda, ISIS, Uh, any of these groups, Taliban, but they had them on the run. They had them hiding in the mountains, and they secured the country, a nation of 39 million people, about what uh, California's population is. 2,500 American troops secures the safety of 39 million. They can set up their own government. They can operate life as normal again. The enemy is being held at bay by 2,500 soldiers. They did that. We did that for 20 years. And then when we withdrew, and by the way, what was the final troop number that we sent back in to secure the airport to get the people out? It was 2,500 again. 2,500 again secured to get an exit out of that country, but it fell within hours. Now, think about the parallel. God gave an object lesson. The object lesson is this. The church is to occupy until Jesus returns. That's what Jesus said. Say that again. That the needs church to be repeated. is to occupy until Jesus <laughs> returns. Sometimes we look at numbers. Don't worry about numbers, okay? God's never impressed with numbers, majority. Except when it's numbers in Deuteronomy and Exodus. Except for the book of numbers. That's right. One with God is always a majority, okay? If God be for us, who can be against us, all right? If one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, and so on exponentially. Yes. So, so how did 2,500 secure Afghanistan? Number one, they had superior weapons. Number two, they had what I call the mothership backing them up. They had America's greatest military force on planet Earth, the Air Force, the Navy, the Army, the Marines. Some put the Coast Guard in there. They had this incredible force backing them up. If they needed extra help, they just had to call it in, and here it came. So with their superior weapons and with their mothership backing them up. Listen, the church is far outnumbered. We know that. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many go therein. Narrow is the way. Few find that way, that highway of holiness that leads to life eternal. We know that we're in the minority, but that's okay. We're their occupying force. We have superior weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God. We have spiritual weapons the enemy does not have. Think about this. Don't worry about atheists and agnostics. They don't have the weapons we have. We have the weapon of prayer. They there don't. You go. We have the weapon of fasting. They don't. Yes. We have the weapon of the Word of God. They don't. We have the weapon of the Holy Spirit of That's Almighty right. God. They don't. We got these with one another. One I mean, another. Please. Exponential. Two to thousand. Yeah. yeah. We, we've got all these incredible weaponry. They don't have. Number two, we got a mothership. 
It's called Jerusalem, which is above, as the mother of you all. All we got to do is call in the Air Force. Oh, I love it. And here it comes. We've got a whole heavenly host of angels. Remember the prophet and his servant, and, and he went out to you know get the morning paper while the prophet's drinking coffee, yeah, and he yeah, comes yeah. back in. He says, you, gotta, you don't drink that coffee. We're surrounded by the enemy. And the prophet said, God opened his eyes, and he went back out, and he saw that Yes. The enemy was surrounded yes. by the heavenly host. That's right. We think we're surrounded. But <laughs> That's right. Yes. God's got the enemy right where he wants him. Oh, I love it. And we're on the Lord's side and we win in the end. I, I like that because it reminds me of uh, Gideon and Gideon's 300. It's the same thing. Exactly. You know, in fact, God, you know, we think, okay, if we indoctrinate or enlist every single believer to go out and ban this and proclaim that and, and, and riot and things like that, we can make a noise. But the Bible talks about Gideon. He goes, no, he has to bring down the numbers to a small number right. that really could not have done it by themselves, and, the it was, and God gets the glory. Yeah. So my listening friend, here's the deal. Don't be looking at the big numbers. God isn't so interested in the big numbers. He's interested in the big hearts. Amen. And you have a horizontal relationship, a vertical inf- uh, relationship that creates the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yeah. therein is your answer. We're going to be, <laughs> I can hardly wait for the last segment because it's getting fun. It's getting fun. <laughs> so, Bishop Art Hodges and I will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Now, more. Of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Well, we're back. The last segment, uh, Bishop, can you believe that two hours have already gone so Amazing. quickly? Amazing. Amazing grace. And he's not grace, but he's filled with it. My listening friend, we're going to be spending some real untapped time right now uh, digging into the scripture, prophetically speaking. And But I know my audience, many of my audience are game for this. In fact, many of you embrace this because you're eschatological as well. But there are a number of people that are listening to this broadcast that they're going, uh, this is a little bit over my head. Bear with it because uh, Bishop is going to gently but honestly between the eyes share some things. And I'm going to give you two scriptures here. Even if, even if you know, you're uncomfortable by these, you're going to have to get into the scripture and see the scripture says uh, to receive all things with readiness of mind and then search the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. So I encourage you to do that. That's found in uh, the book of Acts, chapter 17, one of Bishop's favorite uh, books. And also in 2 Timothy, it talks about studying to show yourself approved unto God. And you're not going to be studying to show yourself approved by anybody else but unto God. And then a workman does not need to be ashamed who rightly divides the word of truth. A lot of people are wrongly dividing the word of truth in these days. It can get you into trouble. I'm going to hand the baton over to Bishop Art Hodges. And where's your heart? Holy Spirit anointed one, taking you right now, Bishop. Amen. So I'm going to start with what we left off with on the last segment, talking about the troops that left Afghanistan. Think about this, 2,500 troops. The manager over the airport that we pulled out from did not know the night we left that we were leaving. He woke up the next morning thinking the Americans were there, the Americans were gone. Within a few hours, everything changed in that country and that nation. You do not want to be left behind when the church is taken out of this world. Oh, what an analogy. You don't wow. want to be left behind. The word church is not found. The church is not found on earth after Revelation chapter 3. That's just a notation. It's not found left on earth after Revelation 3. This is where the fullness of the Gentiles is fulfilled. God turns back to Israel. The two witnesses, everything from then on, chapter 4 on, deals with the 
with what's going on on earth. It deals with, with Israel. That's my understanding. I'm just going to share with you the quick you know, overview, high-level overview. Uh, but the point I'm making here is that you don't want to be left behind in this world when the church leaves. As surely as evil rushed into Afghanistan, when the American troops pulled out, evil is going to rush into this world. And it's the spirit of Antichrist, which is already pervasive in this world. I'm going to do a deep dive right now on, on the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to rule this world. He is a jealous Satan-motivated uh, person who is trying to replicate yes. Jesus Christ. He's many, called the man of sin, yes. son of perdition. Um, in, in Christian theology, uh, perdition means damnation, sure. a state of eternal punishment. But I'm going to point you to one scripture and tell you something about the Antichrist that maybe you're not aware. Daniel 11:37, talking about the Antichrist, it says, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, capital G. That lets me know that he is probably going to be from the nation of Israel, possibly be a Muslim, but probably from the nation of Israel. He doesn't regard the God of his father. That's the term that's normally used with, mm-hmm. with, with Israel in the Bible, Israel God Hebrew of his fathers. Yes. Secondly, nor the desire of women. women. He is probably going to be a homosexual. Now think about this. How is the world going to accept a homosexual leader? We already see it in America where homosexuals are rising to higher and higher levels of government leadership in our nation and being more and more accepted on the world scene. Now, notice he's an imitator of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had a forerunner. John the Baptist was called the forerunner of Jesus Christ. What was his job? To prepare the way way. of the Lord. So who and what is preparing the way for the Antichrist to be this world leader? It is the LGBT agenda, the homosexual agenda agenda, which is pervading every arena of our society right now, from the White House to the courthouse to the schoolhouse. It's pervading every arena to corporate America, you name it, are are buying into this homosexual agenda. It's very pervasive. Why is that happening? It's kingdoms in conflict. It's the forerunner. They're preparing the way for the Antichrist. So the Antichrist will probably Mm. be a Jew, probably be a homosexual, and you don't want to be here when he's revealed. The Bible's pretty clear that he cannot be revealed as long as the people of the power of the Holy Spirit, the church, is still on this earth. But Jesus Christ is going to take the church out of the earth. Now, for those of you that are wondering, well, does the church, is it taken out of the earth, you know, before? All? Well, well, it is, and here, here's why that I know that it is, because the Scripture talks about two things. Number one, Jesus coming back for his saints— and secondly, Jesus coming back with yes, his saints. Yes. Now, he can't come back with his saints until he first comes for his saints. Sure. Secondly, when it says the angel sounds and from the four corners come the saints to come back with the Lord, it says they sound the trumpet and from the four corners of heaven. It mm-hmm. doesn't say from the four corners of the earth. So the rapture of the church has to take place first. We're in heaven, and then he gathers us to be part of his army to come back to this earth. So that's my understanding of eschatology in the end times. Let me me just insert here. My my listening friend, here's the deal. God's going to make people that embrace one or the other or the other. What matters is that you're following Christ. That means you have to be flexible because the Lord may have some strategies. Just be ready. We don't even have, but I I, I love what you're saying. 
Just be ready. Yeah. Yes. We don't make this a test of fellowship. We don't. This is not a doctrine of salvation. Yep. Anything like that. Uh, none of us know. I, I'm giving you my best yes, understanding. Sir, my best study. Only God. In fact, the scriptures really clear on that, right? That they said, "Well, how will we know?" And and Jesus Himself said, "Well, nobody knows. <laughs> Only the Father in heaven." So <laughs> if nobody knows, then then I certainly don't know. But I'm telling you, this is my best yes, understanding yes, yes. of of scripture. The main point is this, and this is the point of the first century church as well, and that is be. Ready. Yes. Be ready. Whether he raptures the church before great tribulation, which I believe that's the, the case that I, that I make here from Scripture, or whether it's in the middle or at the end, at this point, that's that right. doesn't matter for your personal salvation. Right. And the Scriptures Just be are going to come to pass, period. They're going to come to pass, happen, period. Regardless. So be watching and seeing what's going on in the world right now is going to make you, either going to make you very scared or is going to tr- Say there's right. only the only solution is actually the Lord, and it's going to bring many many people. And my listening friend, you may be among those that's going to uh, dedicate all of your life to this. At the close of this show, I'm going to ask Bishop to give a 30 second uh, prayer of salvation and ha- have you do that as well. But yeah. we've, we've got about three four minutes left. Jump on in. Well, Kat, you just made a very good point there. You said this may be you know frightful to some people. Um, that really can be your own personal test of how prepared you are for the coming of the Lord. We were doing a prophecy series a number of years ago, showing some films, whatever, and I got a call from a somebody that I don't know, you know, from the public, and they said, why are you advertising all this stuff? You're, you're giving me sleepless nights and all that. And I said, we're not doing it for that reason. I, I'm not trying to upset your life. But I said, listen, the Bible says when you talk about these end-time events, it's a comfort to those who are prepared for the coming of the Lord. So maybe that's the Lord telling yes. you, get prepared for his coming. Come on. Make sure you're prepared, because exactly right. if you're prepared for his coming, we're looking with great anticipation for that. Yes, we're yes. going to be caught out of this world. We're going to escape all of these things. And, and so this is actually a message of hope. So if you're frightened by these things, that's not our intent. It really is not. But it should be a signal to you. Make sure you're ready to meet your creator. Nothing matters more than that. Your own personal soul salvation for all eternity. Well, you know, it reminded me of flight or fight or flight issue that animals experience in a very real way. It's, it's kind of uh, flight uh, or flight, uh, fight or flight uh, issue here by, by are we going to stand and fight for godliness or, and if we, uh, but the, uh, the t- twist there is if you stand and fight for godliness and you, God will resurrect you. That's so right. I'm, so you, it's, it's a fight and flight. The dead in Christ <laughs> shall rise first, and we which are alive shall be caught up to meet him in the air and forever be with the Lord. We've got about a minute or so. Right. I want you to spend just a moment or time speaking to the people that are just going, well, okay, I'm going to weigh and pray this. I want you to encourage them to make the decision to allow the Lord to be in full control of their life, and then we will close this Bishop Art Hodges. I can't tell you how much fun I've had and am having. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I want to encourage everyone on this call, make sure of your own salvation. Listen, I I can't be saved for you. You have to do that for yourself. The Bible's clear. Let everyone work out their own salvation in fear and in trembling. But I would ask you to consider Jesus is God. He's our Savior. No one can save us but Jesus. And he's very clear that the plan and the way of salvation is through the cross of Calvary. You've got to accept the blood that he shed, which will forgive a multitude and cover a multitude of sins. And in response to the first gospel message being preached, Peter responded when the people said, what shall we do? Peter said, repent. Everything always starts with repentance. Old Testament, New Testament, it's repentance. Repent and be baptized. Be obedient to the Lord. Be obedient to his scriptures. He will fill you with his Holy Spirit with power to walk and live an overcoming life and the ability to save ourselves from this untoward generation. So, 
Only Christ can save us from our sins, but when he's done that, we have to save ourselves from this untoward generation. And that's what we're here to help you do. Bishop Art Hudgens, thank you for joining me in these two hours. It went very quickly. My listening friend, you can go back into the podcast in a couple days and find this there under Come Together San Diego. My listening friend, I hope this has stirred you to activation. The time of pew warming is gone. The time for you to be whom you've been called to be is now. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but now. So we, Bishop Art Hodges and I pray that over you right now, that God just empowers you. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and see where he takes you is going to be incomparable. My listening friend, thanks for joining us. Bishop Art Hodges, thank you for joining me for these two hours. My listening friend, thank you for joining us on these two hours on Come Together San Diego. God bless. See you next week. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.